Well, ladies and gentlemen, it has happened. It's the Craig's Garage Pod with co-host Jason Pridmore, presented by Bike911.com. Bike911.com. Go visit our boy. If you need some help, Alex Asante will take care of you. What I'm talking about is, is that Jason Pridmore is actually at Chuck Walla Valley Raceway, and we actually got a podcast. We're doing it. Hi, Jason. I'm doing it for the people. You're doing it because it's raining outside. Don't even. No, it's not. It's nice. Everybody's riding right now. Oh, they are. The rain stopped. Yeah. Why aren't you riding? Because I had to do this podcast. You mean you're doing it for the people, but you had to do it? Yeah, I had to. Mm. Because are we a are we a motorcycle podcast or an archery podcast? I need to know. Are we a golf podcast? I mean, listen here. Don't look. Listen don't here. start with that shit. Yeah, I don't go into uh-huh. what grips I'm using, what degree my clubs are. Are they upright? Uh-huh. Are they? You know, I, I don't do it. Eleven minutes last week, we had to listen to you rabbit on about Robin Hood bullshit, and I'm just trying to figure out for the people because if I got to be a, a better archer, I'll go figure it all out, and we could do an archery podcast on the side. But I'm not going to Metallica concert to listen to Britney Spears. You know what I mean? Who's this coming from? This is not coming, coming from, from a lot. I got a lot of little, lot of little hate last week on the eleven minutes of uh, of archery. You know, and there's just, it, and, and it, right now you got your camo on, so I want to make sure I don't get shot because he's got a camo hat on. People, he's got a camo jersey on, a sweatshirt on. I got a camo hat too. I guess you got, yeah, you got a camo hat. Yeah. I got my little camo. Hat. So I'm already halfway there, but I just need to know for the people. What are we doing here, G-Dub? 11 minutes on archery. I'm two weeks like, in a row. I'm two weeks in a row. I got a little bit of leeway. I got some other stuff going on, all right? Okay, Expand but here, your all horizons, I, people. All I'm saying is... There's a forward we, button. There's a fast forward button. Just just go advance yeah, but, 15 but, seconds or whatever, huh? 15 seconds? 11 minutes last week. No, no. I'm just saying just go click, click, click. I'm click. just letting you know. What? That we need to like... Like, if I ask you how your weekend went, okay... I don't need to go into the details about why? your bow wait, 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 and all wait, wait, your wait, bullshit. Wait, wait. Why, why is there a why is there a clothes hanger clip? What are those things it's, called? It's a, a clothespin, Greg. A, why is there a clothespin on your middle finger to extend you? You flipping just me just so you can realize I'm making it bigger for you to see. So you don't want to hear that I was at the South Point Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas this week, and I was on the air for 16 hours doing archery. Greg, I'm exhausted on an event good. that had 4,500 shooters, the largest indoor archery world. You don't hear any of that. That's 30 seconds. That's perfect. Our listeners are stoked. That's great. That's where Greg was. He was in Vegas. And the most important part that everybody needs to know about that is I get a text from my guy here at an airport slot machine pulling out. What did you pull? 690? Yeah, six something. He pulled 600 and something. I mean, those machines at the airport (laughs) in Vegas are for suckers. And my guy just went and cleaned them for 600 and something bills. Good for you, G-Dub. Thanks, dude. Yeah, good for you. I'm telling right, you, my so, system, so are we, my system are we, works. So are, yeah, so are, so are we clear? When I took the picture, it was six nineteen. I actually right. pulled like six eighty five out of the machine, dude. I think yeah. So there you go. So people, I are put stoked in forty. I put in forty bucks. So Greg was there doing an archery tournament, doing his thing, pulled money out of the casino. Awesome. You saw Chad Williams over there, our guy. Yeah, yeah he did great. Awesome. He, he beat his average. Yeah, Owen Williams. So dad, he picked up archery. Which Perfect. So what's in the news this week, G-Dub, motorcycle-wise? <laughs> let's go. Let's move this forward. Fine. All right. Let's get into the news presented by R.I. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. You're welcome. Knock it off. Hey, you know what? Have you ever heard of Hyper Ridge Construction? Well, you're going to hear about it right now. Hyper Ridge Construction circles around the shell and acts as a shock absorber, kind of like an automobile bumper, which improves shell strength around the bottom of the opening of the helmet and mitigates 
the spread of cracks in the shell in the event of an impact. Another reason to go visit Arai. It's how they showcase their obsession for protection. AraiAmericas.com. For more information, go check it out. Mm-hmm. Obsession for protection, huh? I, I kind of invented that, yeah. That could be used in a couple of different ways. <laughs> well, Obsession is the name of a, of a bow company. They make bows in it. Oh, God. All right, we're moving on. Okay, all right. Fine. <laughs> wow. You're not kidding. Well, I'm not. Before we got to this, Jason said, brace yourself, basically. So, yeah, I took the beating. Hey, Daytona 200 talk is starting up. Cam Peterson sitting out the Daytona 200, Jay. He's not 100% healthy. Do you like the fact he's given himself another, is it month, maybe five weeks till we get to I I do. Like, you know what that place is like. You know, mm-hmm. you know what that place is like all too well, G-Dub. You go in there with injuries. You, you go in there not feeling well or, or not confident about something. And that place can just turn it upside down for you. And then, you know, I think for Daytona-wise, he realizes – how brutally competitive it's going to be this year, and it is going to be. I, and I think that the way our Superbike series is starting to shape up, I mean, you tell me, I think it's going to be pretty competitive at the front of Superbike this year. So maybe Cam feels like, hey, let's just continue to give this thing another month of healing rather than go put it through a grueling week at 200 miles uh, at Daytona. Because the race itself, Greg, isn't as physical as you think. But on your wrists, it, it can be, especially if you don't have a good one. And, and he kind of explained in, um, I can't remember where I saw it or read it, uh, kind of what they did in his wrist. They took some of the bones out, kind of like what they did with Nikki and John Hopkins, apparently. And um, so I know today he's testing. I know they're testing at Podium Club today, mm-hmm. I believe. And um, oh, the second time that. at Podium Club, which the first time was like a get to know session. Now they're really. I heard testing a bunch of parts and pieces and things. Well, it's funny because Attack drives their truck past Chuckwalla on their way to Podium Club. And so they pull into the track and they have Dale change all the tires and they get all their wheels mounted with tires and stuff here at Chuckwalla. Oh. And then they take off. So they were here. They were actually here yesterday just getting wheels and stuff, spare wheels mounted up with tires and things. It's pretty smart. And then, uh, then they're off to Podium Club for the next two days, I think, testing. So... I think for Cam, it's a smart decision. I think he realizes it's going to be business up at the front this year. It's going to be difficult in Superbike. And he probably wants to give himself every opportunity to try to compete at that level. Um, so I don't mind that he's taking a month off, I think, or, or taking that race off. I think it gives him a little bit more time to heal and get ready for the season. It looks like Eli Block is going to be on a Triumph on a Daytona, or <laughs> Triumph, not Daytona bike, but at Daytona on a 200. And I, I like that move too for for him. Um, what about you? Yeah, I mean, like we're gonna more have a bunch of different. Right? We're gonna have so much, so many brands in that race, and that's just one more. And the Triumph's proven to be pretty potent around there. It's one. It's won the two hundred, obviously with Posh on there, and I think Danny Estick won it on a Triumph too. So Triumph's gonna be uh, now. It's just a matter. I mean, Greg, the competition level has stepped up so high for the two hundred. I'm. It, the amount of people, and it's going to be fun when the entry list comes out and we can talk about it. I saw that that there was a post. I think Moto America did a post this week about um, the fact that what we talked about a week or so ago about the Yart team from Europe coming over here. Yeah, they did. Uh, they're going to be doing it, and they use Kenepa in the pictures, which is cool because if Nico comes over, I think that'll be a that'll be fun for him. I, I haven't reached out to him yet, um, but but man, the competition is going to be pretty stout there. It's. Yeah. I mean, like I, we were talking about before, f- could be 15 in the top group. 
Uh, interesting when you talk about Dunlop, Jay, is that there was a uh, post on Road Racing World today that Dunlop is hosting a free tire test at Roebling Road Ra- Raceway a couple days before the Daytona 200, but it's an invite only deal. And it's only 40 riders across all classes. And you have to send an email to Corey Maynard. So if you haven't seen that, go to roadracingworld.com. And if you want to go down there, I guess it's like free tires or something. Wow. Or, or not free tires, but maybe just maybe a, a, free, like maybe free, a free track. Free track maybe a free track time. day. Yeah, free track is that time. what it is? Okay. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, if they're offering free tires at a track day, then no, no, that, no, no, those no. 40 spots are going to be long gone by the time you get this podcast out. So. I'd go register for the 200 just to get free tires. But no... Uh, so yeah, so so go to roadracingworld.com and go check that out. And I mean, I'm sure those spots are going to fill up pretty quickly. They did it last year, you know, and it's um, that's where, remember, Kaylee Yakov got hurt in turn four crash and wasn't able to race in With twins. With her knee, but, that's where it happened, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. But anyway, um, Chris Elliott is moving to Junior Cup, Jay, to super, from Junior Cup to Supersport, and he'll do that on a Kawasaki ZX6R. Your thoughts about... About the, the, it seems like this year we have a lot of people skipping, you know, Twins Twins Cup and and look, Twins Cup's expensive, right? It's they're like mini super bikes, but I actually kind of like skipping Twins Cup and going right into Super Sport from Junior Cup, especially if you're kind of a taller rider. Little and Chris is he's a bigger kid. I see him out here at Chuck Wall a lot, so he's a bigger kid. It's going to be a big jump for him. We never really got to see him at the sharp end at Junior Cup, you know. Like I know he got some top tens and he did okay, which is fine. That's all good. And again. This might be a thing where getting him off a smaller bike might be better. You know what I mean? He might do better on a bigger bike um, because it's it might suit his size and his style a little bit more. Um, and you're and you're right. Twins Cup is is expensive, um, and and it's Twins Cup is no joke either. It's a serious class now, and I think that the fact that you have Aprilia uh, and you got the R sevens, and then now you possibly have this new Suzuki that we know uh, some riders are going to be on. Um, it's a pretty serious class, and I think to you know to build those bikes costs a lot of money. You could go, you could still go race Super Sport uh, on a Super Sport build. And um, is he doing it on Cowies? What's he? Yeah, doing he's doing. On? Yeah, he's doing it with ZX6. Okay, yeah, because yeah. I know that's kind of what he's been on. Um, but yeah, I'll keep an eye out. I know he's going to race this weekend at CVMA, so mm. keep an eye out and see how he gets on and uh, and before the season opener. Okay, so we are recording this on Tuesday, folks. But you're listening to this possibly on Wednesday or later. Uh, you know, so February should be seventh. We're recording it on the sixth. So when we talk about MotoGP testing, which is coming up, uh, we're going to be only be talking about day number one. However, on February seventh, which is Wednesday, there's a press release that comes out at eight o'clock in the morning Pacific time. We already have that press release, so we're going to talk about it. So just know that Jason Pridmore is so good at this that he got us this inside information. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Moto Americas, Mission King of the Baggers, presented by Drag Specialties, will race during the MotoGP weekend at Circuit of the Americas. There is going to be two and a half races, Jason. I say that because we're going to have two full feature-length races. These are points-paying rounds. This is going to take Mission King of the Baggers presented by Drag Specialties, to 18 rounds. In addition to that, we're going to have the top six qualifiers on Friday afternoon battle it out for a $5,000 winner-take-all mission challenge. A three That'll be a three-lap affair. Yep. So, Jason Pridmore, what do you think about 
for the first time in front of a world audience in terms of being at MotoGP, King of the Baggers getting to race at Coda. They've raced at Coda. Have they raced at Coda? It's irrelevant. But with MotoGP, this is something Dorna wanted, Jay. It's something that the sponsors that that participate with Dorna wanted, and it finally happened. It happened late, but it's going to happen, and that's going to be April 12th through the 13th. We're going to be there. What do you think? Well, I think that when you look at what Moto America is has done, and when you look at how big baggers has gotten, um, there is so many people that still want to jump on those bikes and ride them, which is great. Um, Greg, it's going to be no joke at the front of that class this year, is it? I, nope. It's going to be Rocco yeah. and Hayden Gillum on Vance and Hines, Raspoli and Kyle Wyman, obviously, um, on the factory deal. Then Indian announced this week Troy Herfoss with Tyler O'Hara on the factory Indians. You're going to have Bobby Fong. Um, who we know is going to be fast on his. He's won races. I it's Ruben Chouse. Ruben Chouse is coming over. Which let's just be fair. He's a, he's a little bit older, but he is excited about this, and he's going to know so many people in the paddock. He's going to generate so much for Moto America in that MotoGP paddock that weekend, as far yeah. as introducing riders and things. And and you can be sure you're going to see MotoGP riders sitting on those baggers this week. I mean, they are they are going. I mean, sitting on the baggers and sitting on the wall. I think they're yeah, definitely going to be watching those races. I couldn't agree more. And I think that um, what this does for us and for Moto America in general, I think it's just exposed the series more. Maybe not a better year for them to do this because our Superbike Championship, I think, is going to be really really good. And I think the fact that we're only showcasing baggers at that round. You got to remember they have Moto Two there, they have Moto Three there, um, and and space is so limited, isn't it? I mean, that's one of the biggest reasons why we can't run our series with Moto GP is because space is so limited in the paddock. So look, Baggers thing, it's what is it? It's a Friday Saturday show basically. They they don't do anything on Sunday, correct? Correct, and it's going to be like noon and five o'clock at night. So it's it's going to be wedged in between everything that's done. The one thing I will say is that it will it will air live on MotoGP's YouTube channel, on Moto America Live Plus, on Mav TV, and Moto America's YouTube channels. I like I haven't gone to see like what the what the reach is for that, but that's going to be like a very large audience. And I haven't seen it yet, Jay, because it's Tuesday. You haven't seen it yet because it's Tuesday, but I heard through the grapevine that Moto America Moto GP is Dorna is releasing a video that has to do with this. And we haven't seen it yet because it's not going to release till actually on Wednesday. But I was told it was uh it was something special that that Moto Moto America never thought they would see. So I'm looking forward yeah, to Yeah that. that you know who knows what that's going to be and and you know when you're down there what do you see a lot of as well you see a lot of ex moto gp guys you know you see mm-hmm. kevin schwantz and all of them are going to be down there um you know who knows what they're going to do if they include those guys into any of this stuff because i know a lot of those guys have definitely been supportive of what moto america's tried to do and um this might be just another case of that uh you know colin edwards lives in texas yeah yeah what, would he jump on one for the fans just to ride around and wave and that type of thing? Not race, obviously, but yeah, all, all those things. Who knows what it is that, that could be in that video. So I'm excited to see that when it comes out tomorrow. And don't forget, Mission King of the Baggers presented by Drag Specialties. We'll be back at COTA September 13th through the 15th. So there'll be the Steel Commander Superbike Class Super Sport, Bellissimo Moto Twins Cup, Super Hooligans National Championship, and Baggers. 
Yep. So that's September, but that'll be MotoGP. So that's exciting news. Uh, it I is. Hope, I hope everybody's kind of happy about that. And if you don't stop flicking that thing, I swear. Yeah. Can you actually hear that? Yeah, I can you actually can hear, hear that? it. Every yeah, really? we can all. Can hear everybody it. hear that? You think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah, it's super. As my head well, explodes. Anyway, that's the news. I'm going to keep one Ryan. of these on hand, and every time you go into something with archery, <laughs> I'm going to start it up. That, is that the way it's going to be now? That's going to be our safe word. You know, it's going to be the pineapple when I when I do that. See, look, I can't tell you how many people are there from racing. I mean, I've had all kinds of people corner me in no, Vegas cool. that were just you know motorcycle racing fans that also shoot archery. So it was very same nice. on the golf course. It's pretty funny. It's, it's, it's so it's the same thing. So yeah, it's cool. Yeah, but it's so cool. But we are. But you know, let's not get off topic. Keep going here. We're doing. You want to hear? Great. But I know. You're doing I'm a great act, job. You want to hear a small world story? <laughs> yeah. Hear, all right. Yeah. So I sit there and. There's a company in archery called Hamski. They're in Colorado, and they make like some some parts. They don't make. That's clothes, all we need to know. They make parts. Good. They make okay. parts. Okay. So the head marketing guy there and and development stuff. This guy John, he says to me, hey, uh, I walked up to him last year and I said, Hey man, listen, uh, you know I know I'm interested in kind of looking at some of your products, and he goes, Oh, not not uh, racing a bike anymore or whatever. And I said, Oh, blah 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 blah. So we start talking and he's like, yeah, you know, my dad and Merlin Plumley used to oh, race wow. against each other. Wow. And he started telling me all these racing stories. He knows Merlin, who if anybody who's older, Merlin's oh. been gone for a number of years, but was one of the greatest human beings Ever. in our paddock and was just a good dude and was talking about how he used to go there as a kid and do that stuff. So that was kind of cool. But here's a here's the other story I wanted to tell. So I'm at the uh at like the diner there's a place called coronado diner in the middle of like the casino flourish at the yeah. south point hotel and casino i only had a little bit of time to get some food down so i went to like the counter you know okay. instead of a seat and this guy probably late 60s mid to late 60s sitting next to me and you know i order some food and he says oh you're here for the archery i said yeah what about you and he said no no, no i live here 12 years um you know just gamble every day play crap uh he's a gambler is he blackjack every day so he's got yeah. like three and five dollar tables at this place yeah and i said oh where are you from originally and he goes oh pr you probably wouldn't know about it it's up near rochester new york and so he starts telling me where he's from and i say you ever heard of harv's harley davidson he goes oh yeah i lived a mile down the street why do you know the wyman's oh my god and i was like are you kidding me right now small world so man. we started talking about um kim wyman who's the mom and everything else and he goes you know what's weird he goes my daughter is a massage therapist at the ostoff at road america and a couple of years ago a husband and wife come in for a, a massage and it turns out it was kyle and hannah no and then way. my daughter was like hey you know like i yeah I, I grew up like right down the street from your guys's place a mile down the road it turns out that her husband who is the like a uh, civil engineer for the town of Kiel. Yep. Used to be a road racer before they started having kids, like in the early 2000s and everything. So he picks up the phone and dials his son in law and just hands me the phone. That's pretty funny. And I'm like, hey, man, it's Greg White. He's like, uh, what? <laughs> it was, that's great. It was one of those, like, are you kidding me? I'm just sitting here having lunch in Vegas and I get connected to New York and Hannah and yeah, it was kind of Kyle cool. and all that. And it, it's, it's funny because we, we, um, we were just talking about Merlin Plumley two nights ago. Were you really? And Ray Plum. We were talking about both oh, those guys a couple Ray, nights yeah. ago. Just both those guys were just, I mean, yeah. I, I don't even know what Ray's doing anymore, but but Merlin was just a special, special person. He's an incredible mm -hmm. guy. Yep. 
All right, Jay. Why don't you take you? You want me to click on the links? Uh, no. Let's look at the tests. I know that they're in Sepang, and after the first day, it was pretty interesting just looking at this stuff. And Greg, I haven't really had a time to really read on it to see what guys are actually saying. But when you look at it, Jorge Martin was quickest right off the bat, off of who else but Pedro Acosta. And I think <clears throat> when you think about Acosta right now, um, and what KTM and Gas Gas went through last year, that the the stuff of We've got five riders and four seats and who's going to get shoved and who's going to get pushed out. I mean, look, it looks like they made the right decision. I know the kid's only been on the bike three days and I know he got to pre-test at Sepang, didn't he? He Because a bunch of the riders got to pre-test there, but it's still impressive. He was second on the day, on day one. Quattararo, very impressive. Third, Digi Antonio continues his thing um, and his fourth quickest over uh, over Nea Bastianina who won at Sepang last year. So we know it's a track that Bastianini feels comfortable with. Vinales uh, uh, was was sixth over Alex Marquez, Bedzecki, Mark Marquez ninth, and Zarco tenth. And he's actually come out publicly saying, you know, how happy he is that he's made the move and it was the right time. Martin has come out and said that the Hondas looked incredibly fast. Even the Yamahas looked better to Martin. Uh, then you had Renz, Bender, Aleish, Juan Mir and Oliveira were your top 15 with Bagnaya back there in 16th. Marini, Jack Miller, 18th. So I don't know, Greg, when you look at the first day, what are you pulling from it mostly? Well, for Jorge Martin, he was close to the track record. And I think to get him go out and do like 59 laps and his 22nd lap, he goes and rips off that time. I think he feels probably well motivated that he didn't get the factory ride, even though he's I was just going to ask like, you that. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think it's going to be one of those things. And I think that Ducati wants it that way. So look, we're not, we're not, you know, having the banquet, obviously. So for Jorge Martin to come out and be fast day one, I think it's impressive. But the thing is they're on a 2024 motor. So I think there's three of those Jay. So there's Martin and there's the two factory boys. Okay. Like Bagnaya and, uh, who's Bashini. The other? Bashini. And they love the 2024 motor. So yeah. that's one thing that if he can go that fast and they have a new power plant, that that's very interesting to me. But I also don't know what Jorge Martin's test schedule is for day one. Day one at Sepang for a lot of these riders is a mix of stuff. Like so for Shake Pedro down, Acosta, huh? they basically wanted him to ride for two days, just ride for two days. And this was the first day, which happens at like two, three o'clock in the morning-ish our time. Yeah. You know, so like by the time I get up, I think the test is pretty much over. Um, but they finally threw some parts his way. That's good. Obviously, Quattararo doing a 58-2 is important because he's only three tenths off the track record. Yep. And I, have you raced Sepang or been to Sepang? I've not. I'd like to go do it. I'd like to go see the place. Yeah, it looks really interesting. But it like playing video games on Sepang, Jay, it doesn't seem like you can mask a like a bad top speed, right? Oh, yeah. No, it's fast. It's fast, right? So that's why, you know, the fact that you have Ducati KTM, which we knew are fast, and then Yamaha and P3, then Ducati, Ducati Aprilia, which we know is fast, is is really impressive. Um, for those of you that saw what the, the the photos and stuff for the Trackhouse bikes, which are which is Trackhouse Racing, they're on Aprilias, they're factory Aprilias or whatever, and you saw the pedo tubes that are uh, that are on the back of that thing, That's that was very interesting and some talking points, but... I think the key here is what you were talking about before, Jason, is the fact that Johan Zarco goes P10 at a mm-hmm. 
Now, granted, it's seven tenths off right now, but I don't think a Honda rider crashed. Pecco did. He crashed on the first lap, and it's part of the reason why he was down there. Uh, Mark Marquez had all the two technical issues that held him back for all day long and was able to, like, on, literally on lap 45 of 47. I mean, if you look at it, you know, Pedro Costa did 60. Maverick yep. did 60. Jack Miller did 69. But, you know, Marquez, but, but Marquez only did 30, 47. Interesting that you bring up Miller because he got hurt during the offseason. I read something yesterday of him talking about that he he did his scaphoid. Um, oh, he did? Oh. He did his scaphoid in the winter. Um, riding motocross, but it was, he said it was raining. So it was too wet to go for a pedal ride, bicycle ride. So he's like, oh, I'll just go ride my motocross bike in the mud and just get a good workout in. And he, it sounded like it was probably one of those kind of pedestrian type of silly little incidents that you'd have maybe in something like that. But, um, but you kind of wonder, I mean, like, let me ask you this. I know you and I both know Acosta's going, he wants the factory seat. Like, I don't think Bender's going to go anywhere. I think it's a big year for Jack Miller. I really do. I think of the guys on the hot seat in the paddock, I think Jack Miller's seat's probably the hottest, I would guess. I don't think that's probably any big news to anybody. But to see Acosta go second in the first preseason test and Jack as far down as he is. Now, the amount of laps that you talk about here, I think is the key because Jack's a bit of a workhorse. So he was probably out work working on quite a few things and not really focusing on a time, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but you kind of wonder if his wrist is okay too. Yeah. I mean, obviously 69 laps, you would hope the wrist is yeah, okay, but in terms of the amount of speed it takes to do one, another second faster, cause he was like 1.1 off. I agree. I, I, think- I think, I think that Miller's seat is probably the second hotly hottest contested seat. I think all eyes are on Anaya Bastianini to see if he can pull off holding on to his factory Ducati you know, chair and, I, it, and it's, obviously, you know, he was really hurt last year, but he won. He did come back and win last year, which is impressive. And Ducati seems pretty convinced on him. Now, you have to think that Martin feels slighted. Like what I what I found really interesting about all the off season stuff is that Honda ended up taking the one Ducati rider that didn't win a race, and that was Luca Marini. I don't know why Honda probably. You think about the money that they saved by um, Marquez not being there, right? Mm-hmm. Don't you kind of think, Greg, that like I'm surprised they didn't back up the truck a little bit to Martin and try to get him there at Honda? Maybe, that maybe, and I'm surprised did. more people haven't written about it. Well, the thing that the, the rumor about Luca Marini is is basically like his technical prowess that he has got great feel. Like Marini is going to be an amazing test rider if he ever decides to go that way in ten years or whatever. Like, that's the talk I hear. I don't know about Jorge Martin. I don't know how much he's in development, right? You know, of that Ducati. And I think that that was probably the biggest pull for Repsol Honda more than just his outright speed. That's where I find this very interesting because you have Johan Zarco, who was development really in race development for Ducati all these years. Now he goes to Honda. Now you have a really technically minded Marini. And you have Joan Mir, who is obviously very steady and everything else. So, I don't really understand what Honda's strategy is right now, unless they're saying that we are okay with throwing 2024 down the development hole and then seeing Mm -hmm. what we get. But in really 25 and 26 is going to be our deal. I just can't emphasize enough, in my opinion, how much COVID hurt the Japanese manufacturers and how they're 
now so far behind playing catch up. But with the right money, with the right time, with the right um, concessions, right? Because they were able to ride concessions with Honda and and Yamaha a couple days before that they could catch up relatively quickly. But Ducati just, especially with the 2024 motor, just seemed so far ahead. I do know, Jade, that I did read that for Brad Binder, who ended up 12th, is that he's not on the new motor yet. He's not on the new KTM. All they wanted to do was just ride him the first day and just so he could knock the rust off. Yeah. So there's so many more parts that are coming out okay. basically later today or tomorrow. Okay. Gigi Delinia has hinted on like some really crazy new arrow that Ducati's coming out with that everybody's interested in that nobody saw on the first day of testing. I'm yep. sure that you saw the photos from last week of the the, the kind of the pre-test and you yeah, see like little bit. the wings on the freaking fenders and stuff i saw that yeah it's pretty wild i saw raj made a comment on twitter that or whatever it's called now that like moto gp bikes are just they're getting a little out of hand with all that and he said it looks like it looks like something that that one of your friends just went and bought a car mm-hmm. and then he went and put all those cheap accessories on it to make you know put the spoiler on the back and jd you know on your mm-hmm. pinto so yeah but like i think the other thing too is fast and furious um, moto gp correct i think the other thing too when I look at the when I look at the times, it's it's good to see that the Yamaha is up there a little bit more. Um, it, Rins is going to do his thing. I think Rins is like that development guy that's going to take one step at a time. His wealth of knowledge coming from Suzuki, going to Honda, going to Yamaha now, um, he's he could be the first rider. Um, to win in MotoGP on three brands, but more importantly, in three consecutive years. You know, he won on the Suzuki a couple years ago. He won on the Honda last year at Coda, which was which was unreal. And then now with the Yamaha, we'll see where they can go. Alex Marquez came out publicly and said that the he was a little disappointed in the motor of the 23 Ducati, unlike the one he raced last year. Remember, he raced a 22 in 2023, and now he's on a 23 motor. He said it didn't feel as strong as his 22. So that's interesting. Could could so, have been electronic settings, maybe. It's hard to say. Who knows? Yeah, like yeah. it's you know, obviously are they is this a two or a three day? The, the two this test. Is it two or three day? I don't two. I I'd have to look it up. But yeah, it's I mean uh, it should be a three day test. Let's see. Because then they go to Doha and test mm-hmm. in Doha. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um yeah. So, I, so I, usually it's a three, isn't it? Because it's just a long. I way thought to it was a three day test. Days. I did. I thought it was a three day. Uh, so I'm I thought to see, it was you know, sometimes test. like in the press release they're like, "Oh, day one of three, but they're just saying day one. Let me go to the end. Saw uh, Raul Fernandez had a big crash too. I guess real early. I saw he was uh, his apology to his team, and obviously Morbidelli's not at this test because of the concussion that he received oh, at yeah. um, at Portimao. Uh, a lot more came out on that this week about how long he could have actually been out for. Um, oh, he like was out, out for quite a while. It, yeah, yeah they cold. even did a video because both the Marquez brothers like stopped and and helped him like immediately. And Correct. It took two minutes for the ambulance to get out to him. So, so you know, a couple of the guys are already getting a little bit nicked up and dinged up, and um, yeah. So, you know, only day one, and you know these guys are going to be pushing it, and I just think Martin is just hungry right now. Like he has got to feel so slighted, I would guess that. You know, it was a little unlucky he didn't get the Pramac seat or he didn't get the factory seat over um, Bastianini. If you remember, Ducati kind of made that rivalry the first year between Miller and Petrucci, if you remember that. Oh, of course. And it was almost kind of the same thing between Martin and Bagnaia. 
Bagnaya gets the nod. Martin has been the standout and proven that he can take a race down to uh, take a season down to the final year. He'll have learned a lot from his mistakes at Valencia last year. And now, now he's got to, now he's got to battle Mark Marquez on a Ducati as well. So there's a lot of motivation for that guy. And he just doesn't seem like he gives a shit about anything other than I'm going to go win. I don't care who's in front of me. I'm going to go do this. And, um, you know, and he's just come out of the gates firing. What are the chances Marquez, Mark Marquez goes back to Honda next year? I don't see it. I just don't see it myself. I, I don't, I don't know why he would. I don't, you know, again, it, it's what are the chances? I think that Honda, no matter what, is going to feel a little bit. There's no way they can't feel a little slighted that Marquez split. Now, that said, Marquez has been riding a shit bike for two or three years. So it's not like he didn't, it's not like he didn't hold out either, you know, and stay there and try to do the, the right thing. Um, this could be the best thing that happened to Honda. And I'll tell you why. They're going to be developing bikes now for riders, not a rider, mm-hmm. right? So that's if the you hope get, anyway. If if you get a team of guys like you know, this is going to give them a fresh start. You know, they they've got Mir, they've got Zarco now, um, who's come from Ducati, Marini. I mean, look, the the one thing is is that you got to think Nakagami's. I mean, I don't know how much more they can keep signing him, um, but if Honda has any level of success this year. I don't know how that's not a bit of a middle finger over to Mark, to Marquez. <laughs> you know, I mean, can you imagine if it comes down to a last lap battle and you've got a couple Ducatis and Marini in there um, or Zarco or whoever, Mir, um, and Honda's made that big of a step where they're like, hey, we even if Marquez wants to come back, we don't need him. We got our guys. We're good. You know what I mean? Is being a factory rider, when you have factory equipment, same bike, same level of like data engineers, all that stuff, is it that big of a deal? I really don't think it would be. I mean, I mean that, that's I mean, why I'm myself, saying, like, I don't, I, I know that Martin probably feels slighted. We for sure know that he's motivated. He's coming out of the box. He's feeling good. I'm sure he had a really nice rest. You know, um, I think it's Argentina got canceled. So now they have one less race that's not getting replaced, right? We do know that last week. Yeah. You know, yeah. One of the MotoGPs got canceled more due to just the Kazakhstan might be canceled too, they said. Oh, is that right? So you have a little bit more of a rest. But I I don't know, dude. For me, it's kind of weird. It's one of those things we used to have it in our series, right? Because you had a factory HRC superbike on the Aryan racing team. So you had factory Honda, but then you had Aryan racing that had equal level of equipment and they would put like that third rider or fourth rider on it. And I never really saw it as that big of a deal other than to say I was on the factory team because Martin's got to be getting paid pretty much the same amount of money. Got to be getting up there paid. And to your point, I mean, Greg, I went from the factory team and I jumped on to attack and I'll tell you right now, I was so much more happy at attack. It wasn't Mm -hmm. even close. It wasn't, close and i think that when you look at it it's the personnel right so a jorge martin like you're exactly right i don't know what the bump is from pramac to factory as far as if there's a pay grade but you got to think he he is he has gone to the battles with the team he's on and they've done a great job and they've proven to him that they can put together a bike underneath them that he's capable of going out there and winning on right Right, Greg? So mm-hmm. so you look at it and you go, how much of a step down is it to be on a non-factory bike? It's If it's capable of winning and you're stoked with your people and your personnel and 
your engineers, your suspension guys, your data guy, all that stuff. If you're happy with that and your bike's proven that it's not got any kind of big deficit compared to the factory bikes, why wouldn't you stay where you're at? Right. That's kind of what I'm thinking. But yep. I, I think it's, um, I'm trying to know, find a post. There was a post I saw on the gram and I thought it was crash.net. Yeah. Someone had posted like an organization had posted the rumored salaries for the top, top. Oh, group. okay. And I'm trying to see, obviously Mark was at top, right? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't that, as it was, he, it, was, it, was it must've be. been somebody else. I wish I would have saved it. I think I saw that too somewhere, but it's, it's, you know, the, the thing is Greg, if you're winning, you're getting paid. So if you're winning, regardless of what you might be getting for the manufacturer, Mm-hmm. There's other entities out there that are going to be paying you a lot of money as well, whether it be, you know, your helmet deals, your leather deals, your outside sponsor deal, whatever that could be. Martin's not hurting for money. I just think that Martin reminds me a little bit of Matt Maladin. Like, I feel like he rides with a bit of a chip on his shoulder. And even though he knows he's the best, he still has that chip. He doesn't want to let his guard down and he wants to go out there and beat guys. And, and the, the biggest difference is, is Matt's Matt, we never saw Matt like throwing bikes down the road as much as we see Martin doing it. Martin's going to learn from that last year. Mm-hmm. He's going to learn from that. Where was it? Was it India that he crashed while leading by like three seconds? And there, you know, Valencia, he crashes. And it's like, you know, you've got to be able to finish those races. You've got to be able to put them away and not, not make those mistakes. We saw Bagnaya win a championship arguably two years ago, making those mistakes. And he still came back and won. Martin last year was kind of trying to do it the same way and he didn't get it done. But I, I feel like every time he's out there, he doesn't want Bagnaya to get the headlines. He doesn't want Marquez to get the headlines, Mark Marquez. He wants to diffuse that as quickly as he can. And I think by him being quickest on day one, that's what he's trying to do. Mm. Agreed. All right, let's move on to some Supercross. Real we'll quick, talk- sorry, yeah. real quick to G-Dub. I just read... I mean, Morbidelli's thing is pretty serious. He's out for these tests, and he's out for the Qatar test. He's out for three weeks, they just released. So that that's a pretty big knock on the head. And for a guy that's coming from some pretty shitty seasons the last couple, two or three years, I can't think of a more nightmarish way to end it or, or, or start the season than to get hurt on a road bike kind of going to a World Superbike test. Mm. And he's going to go into the first race of the season maybe a little bit um, without the knowledge. I don't know if there's a better bike to get on than the Ducati for that. That probably. I was thinking the right? same thing. Like at okay. least he's yeah. not on the forefront of development being, you know, him, it was him and Quadraro on the Yamaha. Correct. At least he's got yes. a whole group of other people that are racing and developing the bike. And he is data. on a, I think he's on a 2023 anyway, I think. Yeah, that's More exactly right on the Pramic team. That's exactly So right. that bike yep. should be relatively sorted. So I love that guy. Like, I just think I hope he gets better quickly, and I hope there's no residual effects. I mean, we've seen it for some yeah, riders, right? Thing. Yeah, that's yeah, that is the big thing. thing. Uh, we'll we'll give you more information next week on what happens on day two and any other information that we get for sure. But let's move on to Supercross. So they were in Detroit, Michigan. It's indoor. Did you see that whole thing with the NFL and how, what coach was it talking about the Super Bowl? And the poor reporter was like. How are you going to prepare your team for the cold of of Detroit? Oh and yeah, the coach it's was like, like it's indoors. He's, he's like it's indoors, so I don't I really see that. 
because yeah. there's 20 seconds from the bus to the front door. So we'll that's be so that's so awesome. <laughs> I was like, but I've been there, dude. I've I mean, I've asked dumb questions like that before it when happens. I wasn't thinking, you know. So it happens. Hey, what are you gonna do? You know what I mean? Hey, what you gonna do? All right. So before we get to uh, before we get to Nutgate, let's go ahead and talk about the 450 class. Um, <laughs> you're a beauty, by the way. What? Jet Lawrence good. ends up winning this race by 4.7 seconds. He, he he almost wadded it twice. I don't know if you saw the video after, like they did highlights of Jet. Yep. And, but he didn't. Uh, Chase Sexton in second place. Kenny Roxon on that Suzuki. Kickstart Kenny in third. Cooper Webb in fourth. Jason Anderson in fifth. Plessinger sixth. Ferrandis, Hunter Lawrence, Justin Cooper, Eli Tomac drifted. What happened? Do you know yet? I haven't I read. I don't know. I didn't I got to go read it. Sorry, people. We didn't do our homework. But, I mean, dude, um, he got lapped. I mean, you know, him, Malcolm lapped. Stewart, Justin Barsha, Christian Craig. I mean, Dean Wilson. There's just a bunch of people that all all got lapped. You know, lapped. it's yeah. we're getting to that point in Supercross again. I no, mean, no, no. It seems but, a little early. What, you mean for like? Where like, people are kind of. You know where the top top people are getting lapped and stuff, whether that's hurt or tired or the bike issues or something. I don't know. It seems weird. I was reading something that Adam C and Cirilla put out, and if you've noticed, we're what five rounds in, and they've taken obstacles out of Supercross that were hurting the riders, like Dragonbacks, like the uh, Dragonbacks okay. going, and they're taking. So people are talking about the tracks are easier, mm-hmm. and the tracks aren't as technical because. You don't have a show unless you got your top guys out there. That's the hardest thing is it's like no knock to the privateers that are busting their asses every week to get into the main events. But but at the end of last year, you're, it was depleted, wasn't it? I mean, you had massively. You've got to protect your own. You've got to protect your own uh, entities. And it's like you can't go. You can't roll in from Supercross and roll right into motocross season and have six guys on the bench because they all got dinged up motocross or supercrossing. So don't know what happened to Tomac in this race. The fastest rider on the track was Eli was a uh, Ken Roxon. Mm-hmm. He came from mid pack. He was quickest rider on the track. And um, he more or less even said, you know, after the race, like I got third, those guys were too far out. Um, Cooper Webb again, he, he, he ends up fourth in this race. Um, how about in, in Cody Wyman picked the first five riders in the RM Fantasy. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw it. It's pretty good. You're not kidding. That's good. 102 points out of 122 or yeah. some some crazy number like all that. All he didn't pick, all he didn't pick was the wild card in yeah. RM Fantasy. So it's like, yeah, big shout out to Cody. But um, but that those five that you see in there, those would be the five that you'd expect, with the exception that Eli Tomac went backwards. So. I don't really know what happened to Eli. It almost seemed like he had a flat tire or something was going on. But then again, Greg, we've it's the he is the weirdest like champion, I think, in Supercross. Because like he'll have those weekends where he just finishes eighth or ninth. I don't remember Dungey or seeing Cyril, uh Dungey or um you know McGrath, all those guys. I don't really ever remember them finishing eighth or ninth very often. But with, with Eli, we see it sometimes. It's insane. Yeah. Really strange. So, so it's so it's so Maverick Vinales if Maverick actually won more races. Yeah, you're kind of right there. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah. Right, so, so the point the points have Chase Sexton. This is this is yeah, where it's it really us. Yeah, entertaining. I want to hear this. 
So Chase Sexton has one point over Jet Lawrence. So it's 98 to 97. Plessinger is only two points back at 96. Cooper Webb's got 92. And Jason Anderson, 14 back at 84 with Tomac only two point back from him. Kenny Roxon is 77. So he's had like, it was San Diego that really kind of, you know, hurt him. Derailed him a little. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, you know, he's got a couple 20 points, but it's um, it's been very even, very even so far. The question so what is, place, what place is Kenny in right now? He's in P six. What's P6 the six at, at at sorry P seven at seventy seven points and ninety eight leads the way. So Ken Roxon's twenty points out of lead. 20, I was going to say, what are the top six? Uh, like twenty one. So 21. so Ken's twenty points out. The top six guys are even closer then, yeah. Yeah. So uh, eighty ninety eight to eighty two. Wow. So yeah, so six, and I think that points. I I think that what the you know I think that what those guys are doing um, by getting the tracks. Okay. They might be knocked down. It might be a little bit easier, might not be as technical, but we want to see good racing at the front every weekend. And we want to see the stars that are doing it. But Jay, what do you think the chances are? So this is round five. They go to 17, right? So they have 12 left. Yeah. What are the chances? Sexton, Lawrence, Plessinger, Webb, Anderson, Tomac, and Roxon all finish the season. It's very it's it's a hard one, right? It's you, low. you hope it's that low they all base it off a of pass. I mean, history. and when you look at somebody like like last year, like Tomac's injury had nothing to do with the track. He just mm-hmm. landed weird and did his Achilles. So it wasn't like that had anything to really do with the track. But I like the fact that there maybe I've enjoyed it so far this year. How about this? The two fifties. Austin Forkner finally won a race. That was like I find I feel like we go through these stages with people where they come in, we're like, oh my God, they're really good. And then they kind of spoil it by some of the things they say. Then you see a guy like this kid who's been hurt so many times and pro circuits never given up on him. And then you find yourself really rooting for them again. And then they're more mature and they handle it all differently. 25 years old now is Austin Fortner. He's been riding for pro circuits since I think 16 or 17. And he ends up winning the race by 2.5 seconds over Max Anstey and Dexton Bennett, who I'd never heard of, Greg, to be honest with you, before this race, because um, you and I aren't in the motocross world as much as we are road racing, obviously. Cody Shock, Pierce Brown, Jalex Swole, Henry Miller, um, Ferez from Spain ends up eighth on the Husky. Uh, Marshall Welton, Ch- Chance Hymas. Did you watch? Did you watch the races? Did you get a chance to watch them? No, I only got to watch the highlights. Chance Hymas was dominating his heat race, and with about two laps like bonked and same thing in the main chance Hymas on the Honda on the factory Honda is ripping. Um, but maybe it's his age. Maybe he's young. Maybe the races are longer, all those kind of things. Uh, Cause he was up in front in this race and he ends up 10th way back. Um, I think the number, I think the person we got to kind of focus in on here to Greg's little point leading into this is Cameron McAdoo. I don't know how many people saw it. I thought it was a fake meme. I thought it was whatever, but he was involved in that big crash. And by the way, that was a big crash. There was like Dude, was, nine oh bikes involved. Dude, Evan Ferry looked like he oh. hit his head so hard on that oh. wall. I was so like, when I saw the highlights, I just I just paused it. I was like, what just happened? Yeah. And you know that's coming at you, and there's nothing you can do. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, poor, poor Evan Ferry on the Triumph, by the way. Triumph, in their debut, got both their bikes into the main event, which I thought was good with Jalex Swole and Evan Ferry. But Cameron McAdoo, he was involved in that first turn accident. Like, and they were pulling bikes and bodies apart from each other because everybody was snagged on each other, especially bikes. And there was a meme yesterday I cracked up at. Did you send it to me initially? No, I sent it to you, you see initially. Me. Yeah. But basically, 
his nuts are hanging out of the bottom of his. Sorry of for his, all you kids who listen. Yeah, of his riding gear. Like he ripped a hole right in the through crotch. his riding gear in his crotch. Now, I got a couple questions about this. Nuts out, number, butts out. Well, number one, like, are you not wearing anything underneath that? Are you wearing just gear, or did you tear through absolutely everything? Because can you imagine the force and whatever tore that? Well, like, and- like the only thing I would wear is like Al- Alpine Stars makes like undershorts with padding Correct. in them. Yep, like like almost like lycra. You yeah, know, but those are pretty shorts, strong. But- yeah, that's it. So if you rip through the gear, which that's there's a seam right there, so you'd have to rip through it perfectly to like cut the seam, and then that gear too. But beyond that, I I don't think you wear much much else. I mean, it's one of those things where for me, I I, I had questions about that. But the, <laughs> you, I think you sent me a piece on Instagram that was great where they're actually interviewing him, and he actually he's not taking it like um. Like you'd expect some guys to be like, oh yeah, you know, like blah blah. He's like, hey, I didn't want this to happen. He goes, I had to make a choice right then and there. Do I just jump on the bike and head back to the to the mechanics? You know, go back to or the spend semi. five minutes stuffing them back in. Hey, the <laughs> the guy's nuts were hanging out the bottom of his of his pants or you know, yeah, crotch. Yeah, and he and he scored a point. That might be the most impressive point I've ever seen. In a long time. So Ken McAdoo. Like, and they even asked him, were you seat bouncing? He said, yeah, I was seat bouncing. He did. Yeah. Just the imagery of that alone. Yep. Um, I mean, Cameron McAdoo gets rider of the year for me. I don't care who you are. Well, he did an entire <laughs> main full with props. his sack out. Full. In Detroit. Yeah. And I mean, I, the worst part, Jay, is there's so many, so many comments I want to make. But the one thing that McAdoo said in that interview that you're talking about that I sent yeah. you was he doesn't want to be associated with this. This is not something he's proud of. It's not something that he wants to even be attached to. But he knows now, you know, that he's there. And he only finishes 37 seconds back. And that's after hitting the deck, you know? And I, I mean, imagine, like, this is going to last for a while for him. And And what's funny is, to your point, he's not like – He's not like he, how can I say? He's not like embracing it like it's a like. No, it's he's like, not proud oh, of is, it. He's this not is the greatest thing that ever happened or funniest thing. He's like, I did not want this to happen, and I did yeah. not like being out there like this. And I knew it's like it's like uh, okay, I just yeah okay, it happened. We're pulling for him. I mean, do I have to ask this question, Jay? Uh oh. You know, you guys have to watch. understand that when something like this happens, <laughs> and Greg's mind starts to go places. It can get dark really, really quick. And I think that we'll probably gain more listeners than lose. But, yes, go ahead. One to ten, how's his sack? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's impressive. give the kid props. Yeah, and I think props. that, like, and if they do this the right way and they – I don't even know. I, I, I'm look, I'm trying to look it up right now because of Dude, what you said I didn't see the race, though. I didn't see I, the race. Yeah. Did, did they – were they not showing him at all? You know, Did I don't they think ever that show they live really shots were. of him. Yeah. He's in, so he's in Fox gear. I was looking to see what gear he was wearing. Oh, he's in Fox gear. Okay. I mean, can you think of the fun that they can have now with butt patches or, oh my you gosh. know, there's going to be somebody at Fox that's going to be like, uh, we got to make a special set of pants and something mm-hmm. funny or something. I mean, you would think. Who knows? I mean, why not? Just put, you know, two cherries and something. Stem and 
Something. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So, so they only have one round because that was the uh, the East Coast. So Austin Forkner's got twenty five, Ansi with twenty two, and uh, that Daxton Benick out of Morganton, North Carolina. Let's go, North Carolina. And then they head back to they head back this week to uh, back to Phoenix, I think. Correct? Yeah, Phoenix. Back, Phoenix. And then, so, okay. so that's back to the West Coast round. So they're in when they go to Dallas. That's an East Coast round. So they'll do East Coast for two fifties. Does Arlington, Daytona. Oh, that's right. They're going to Birmingham this year. I forgot about that's that. That's right. Indy. Do you think Fox it's at that Pro. stadium that you see at the where the you know where the overpasses kind of get yeah, together there in Birmingham? The, Do you yeah, think it's, it's that next place? to the golf um, top golf? Yeah, I think so. I don't know where okay. else they would have it. Yeah. Um, well, they're going. So, they're going to go. They're going to go put it inside a barber. No, they're, they're, yeah, I'm just kidding. Right. Um, well, look when we look at fantasy now. Mm. Uh, into mm. win is now leading our stuff. Uh, oh no, they're not. This is no, every that's, Saturday that's night. Saturday, sorry, yeah. Greg's Garage. Sorry, Cody Wyman's leading it uh, by a point over Club Two Twenty. David Gray is in second. And what? Did, how did he do? He got fifty-seven. I mean, but Cody, man, well, Cody checked points. out on everybody. Like, I think the next highest score was like fifty or sixty. Huh? I mean, that's that's like, dude. I thought that, I did great, Jay. So I I went from P one to P six. And I was like, cool, I got Jet for the win. Yep. I, I picked um I picked uh Cooper Webb in there and I picked Jason Anderson in there. But I yeah. picked like Cooper yeah. in fourth and Jason in fifth. And I was like, okay, you know, I didn't I didn't do too bad or whatever. And so I ended up picking like oh no, sorry, I had Cooper in second and Jason in third, but they ended okay. up fourth and fifth, you know? Yep. And yep. then I had Chase Sexton as well in fifth place, and he ended up. So I had all five. I just didn't have them in the order. And then, but I earned only forty points. So interesting. Which, which I say that. I mean, there were sometimes last year where I earned six points doing this. Yeah, I got, I, I got forty five, but I dropped. I mean, I'm like in twenty seventh in our league. I love hearing that. Yeah, I knew you would. So yeah, so I'm I'm 199. So right now Cody's got me by 11 points. We're we're t- we're tied up top. But for Cody, he ended up 2204. Amazing. Like for the week out of, you know, there's 100 and 120 126,000 people. Amazing, yeah. So that's, that's pretty good. good. And Uncle Skip's group that's a private group, folks. Then I'm I slid to P2. But I'm I'm and I dude, I'm 24 points behind. Whoever into win, into yeah, win is doing, got sixty seven, and, and Simon's doing good. So mm-hmm. Simon hasn't. That's weird. You know, I'm, I've been at Chuck Wallace since Friday again, and uh, yeah, Simon hasn't even been here. He's been you know at Super oh, Bowl time. Yeah, Super so those Bowl guys time. are doing uh, making commercial commercials. Stuff, so, yeah, yeah, doing commercials. So pretty cool. Um, yeah, I'm glad we got the podcast in. Anyways, Me and a uh, little under an hour today, and, and I I hope that. All the requests I got, you know, about the thing that we addressed the at the beginning all of the this. requests. Yeah. Came from Jeff White, didn't it? Because he listened on the way out. No. I mean, he, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's one of many. I don't want to mention names because I don't want to like mm-hmm. completely incriminate everybody because there was, there was a few. There was Luckily a- for you, I shot like a trash can, so I don't have to actually tell you how. Thank it God. Went for yeah. Me. But see, we root for you, G Dub. But when you I win, just come on and say, like, yeah, it was a good week, did well. No. Did this, did that, won this, went to the I'm more I'm way more interested interested in the fact that you checked your bags, went through 
security got to the other side and you're putting slots in an airport slot and winning money. See, to me, <laughs> yeah, to you, that's there. better. That's, that's baller status. Well, dude, I was almost in jeopardy of being down in Vegas because I put 20 in at the casino and lost. Yep. And it's been a long time since I left Vegas down on the cache. Yep. Well, that's all right. I mean, you don't go there all the time. And yeah, it's no Hey, deal, how about so. this? And I don't know what happened. I, I didn't hear he won. But so what they do is if you shoot a perfect 300 for the day on Friday or on Saturday, they lump everybody together. So you only shoot 30 arrows, max point yeah. 10 value, right? So they lump everybody together after the day is done and they do a $10,000 a day shoot off. So like the second day, there was 104 people across the championship categories, different bows, everything, different genders yeah. that shot perfect. So they all line up and they do like this basically inside out scoring thing. This dude from India won it and he says, I'm going to go put it all on green. Oh, wow. And that's See, what, that's that's good story. You know what See, that is? It's thirty-two or thirty-five to one. Yeah. So if you put ten thousand dollars down on green, if it was thirty-five yep. to one, was that you're was styling three hundred fifty grand? Yeah. The yeah ten thousand, right? Uh, yeah. That's that would be baller move. That would be. <laughs> I couldn't That'd do be it. Baller move. I couldn't do it. I'd so, be like, nah, it's going to the bank. Yeah. No, it's all right. I mean, Vegas, you hear these stories with Vegas. You just go, wow, it's crazy stuff. So we're going to the um, strip next year. They're going to the strip next year, but unfortunately it's, it's going to be during the Daytona 200 weekend, but they're going to like Tropicana. I don't know. It's going to be right on the strip. It should be a lot of fun for them. Yeah, that's good. Well, next week we'll finish talking about the tests. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there'll be some things out with, um, you know, with what we discussed with the baggers going to Dakota at the beginning. Uh, I'm excited now, Greg, because we are literally, we're kind of on Daytona countdown. This We are a month away. We're four weeks away. away from Daytona, I believe. I think I leave on the 6th of March to get down there. We're 7, 8, 9 at the track. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of that time where we're moving uh, we're moving closer and closer One to month. race season. And um, so we would go straight from Coda then. We'd go to Atlanta, wouldn't we? Interesting. Yep, 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 yep. So I literally go so. to Arizona Cup to shoot. Then to Baggers, then to Road America, That's then funny. to Camp Linden, Louisiana, then to Reading. Yeah, I'm I'm the same. I got then to my El schedule Salvador. up and and I haven't told you everything then that I've Barber. got going on. No, but I but I'm gonna and it's it I it's definitely people reach out to me. I'm in a midlife crisis right now. I need help. Hundred percent. Even Hayes texted me last night. He goes, "Well, you want to explain this motocross thing to me, please?" And I'm like, "Not really." <laughs> There are a few so, people asking me about it, but yeah, yeah, dude, once we go to Daytona, I don't have a weekend off until yeah, in a good way, in a good way. Me too. In until way, July 4th same, weekend. So. Thank you everybody for listening and continuing to listen. And um, I'm going to do a quick shout out to, uh, to my guy, Lewis at Dunlop, uh, Dunlop at Dane easy. He had a medical condition a month ago that is, or a couple weeks ago that is crazy. And he's going in for a procedure tomorrow. And, uh, you know, he's always, he's been a huge support to me with, with ain't easy. And, uh, just thinking about him, want him to get better. So he goes in tomorrow to be out for a couple of weeks, but, uh, thoughts are going with him and we will talk with you all next week. See everybody.